welcome to Relationship Rewind on WEIU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, a show where we rewind relationships in popular media and break down behaviors that are often considered normal but are actually based in power, control, and abuse. I'm your host, Allie Williamson, she, her pronouns, the youth educator and advocate at Next Step Domestic Violence Project. Today we'll be inviting middle school student Emily on to talk about the different relationships on the TV show The Office. There may be spoilers and sensitive materials discussed in this episode. If you would like to reach out for support or more information, please call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at 1-800-315-5579. We use media like movies, TV shows, books, and music as tools to recognize and start conversations about harmful and unhealthy behaviors and relationships, but this is not to pass judgment on the media we're discussing. I would like to now introduce Emily for a discussion of The Office. Relationship Rewind is about talking about some of the behaviors that we see in TV shows and in movies that aren't super healthy. They're not something we actually want to have in our relationships, but they're being made to look super normal or like even romantic and passionate. So my question for you is how do you see these impact you and the people that you know while you're growing up and watching these things? Well, it kind of shows you like a false sense of what a relationship should be like, like when you're just starting out dating, um, like some people are in like my, my age group. Um, and so it can kind of like make you look for the wrong things and the wrong people. Yeah, definitely gives like a false sense of what relationships should be. There's a lot of behaviors that are not healthy at all. A lot of behaviors that would actually fall more in like the power and control that are being you know, shown in these relationships, but they're being made to look like normal. It can really skew how you are, are viewing relationships. Yeah. So I know you, today that you wanted to talk a little bit about the relationships that you've noticed in the TV show, The Office. So can you tell me a little bit about why you'd like to talk about, you know, The Office specifically? I think it has a lot of bad examples in it. So there's a lot to choose from, kind of, and a lot of different things that went on in the relationships. Can you give me a couple examples? I can give you a lot. <laughs> well, like Michael and Jan or Kelly and Ryan or Jim and Pam in some moments or uh, Dwight and Angela or Angela and Andy or Oscar and Angela's husband. <laughs> there are a lot of different relationships that you get to see in the office and a lot of them have some, you know, treatment between the people involved that are not kind can you think of maybe any examples? And I know that you gave a bunch of different relationships. Maybe we can go down through and talk about some of the things that you've seen and some of the relationships that you had just brought up. So maybe I think you started with Michael and Jan. Can you talk a little bit about Michael and Jan's relationship? Uh, yeah, so it kind of, it started off okay, but it became obvious pretty quickly that my, uh, Jan was pretty much kind of taking advantage of Michael. He also wasn't dealing with it in like the best way, kind of. And their relationship, they just really weren't good for each other at all. So how could you tell that they weren't very good for each other? What kind of things did you notice? It seemed like in every episode, they were just getting into a fight, just kind of one after the other. I can think of so many different kind of situations between them where, especially in the conversations that Michael had with like his friends and the other people in the office, where he outlined some of the things that were happening in the relationship that he was so uncomfortable with that he didn't want to have, have happen, but felt like he had to because Jan was making him. So there's like a lot of control going in there. Yeah, definitely. 
maybe before we jump into the impacts of Michael and Jan's relationship, maybe we talk about some of the like specific examples of some of the things that had happened between them. There was like the whole dinner party episode. There was her kind of using all of his money and like the car and stuff. The car always like mind boggled me <laughs> where he is saying that he needs to use or actually no in the in the show didn't she get him to sell both cars yeah. so that they could buy a really fancy car and just have one car between both of them and yeah. then he got to decide who took it yeah. didn't get to decide even though he needed it for well what she thought was an improv night which is you know a reasonable thing to want to use your car to drive to but she I think even told him why don't you practice your improv yeah. and pretend that you have the car to drive so how do you think that watching that interaction between them might impact someone who's watching that like watching the financial mistreatment that's going on and watching that control over when he can use like the car and stuff like that how do you think that would impact somebody who's watching that and you know their image of what a relationship should be well it would either make them think that maybe it was okay if their partner did that to them like if they were the one in control or maybe they think it was okay if they did that to somebody else you bring up two really good points one might make them feel like you know if this happens to me in my own relationship it's not that big of a deal because like obviously it happens to other people so obviously it's something that is involved in relationships when really it shouldn't be at all and then on the other side of things it might make someone think that you know using those kind of control tactics against the person that they are dating or the person that they're in a relationship with is okay because other people are doing it too so why shouldn't they very good point to bring up. And speaking more of the dinner party episode is one of my favorite episodes, I think. It's so funny. It's so uncomfortable. I think that that whole middle section piece of the episode where he goes and hangs up this neon sign because she won't let him have it in the kitchen and she is trying to embarrass him for running through the glass window and stuff like that like there's so much going on in that episode that I personally like I don't know if you've ever seen the power and control wheel but it's this wheel that has all of these different examples of what you know, using power and control in a relationship could look like. So like it has emotional abuse. It has the financial abuse piece that we just talked about that, you know, any of those attempts to try to control someone or to try to embarrass them in front of other people. And I think that you see so much in that episode specifically, like in the dinner party one, she doesn't let him have his neon sign up in his condo, which I guess is their condo at that point, but she doesn't let him have that up. And then whenever they get into an argument, he uses that and puts it up anyway, because he knows she doesn't like it. And then whenever they're having a discussion and she feels like he's being too like boisterous in the conversation, she tries to embarrass him by telling that story about running through the glass door. And she kind of tries, fi tries to find ways to make things overly dramatic. Like when Michael gave Pam his jacket, she kind of made that into something it wasn't. Yeah, so she's, like, making things really uncomfortable, make, like, creating things, which, to be fair, I'm pretty sure that Michael did tell Jan for some reason that he had a romantic history with Pam, which I, I don't know, maybe to make Jan jealous, but yeah, he, like, gave her a coat or looks in Pam's direction and Jan starts, you know, trying to embarrass him or trying to control different things that are going on. Like, even if you look at the condo that they share itself, they live together. 
because Jan had lost her job and she was really scared about what was going to happen next. So he offered to let her move in with him. And then she is using his credit cards to completely redecorate the entire apartment. She takes over all of the rooms. She has an office and a creative (laughs) space for her candles. And then even in their bedroom, she gets the bed, but he has to sleep on like, I don't even know what you would call that, like the foot of the bed. There's like a box there. (laughs) So he doesn't even get to sleep in his bed because she makes him sleep out there on that And she repaints the walls like a different shade of white. (laughs) Yeah, they're like super tight on money. And she picked a shade of white that looks like the same shade of white that's already up there. A lot of really good examples in Michael and Jan's relationship specifically. A lot specifically about Jan doing a lot of things to kind of control or take advantage of different things with Michael. We can't mention the dinner party episode without mentioning like the climax of it where she throws his Dundee, which is super, super important to him, into his plasma TV that he had just hung up on the wall and that he was really proud of. So proud of one, his Dundees and two, his plasma TV that he hung up on the wall all by himself. And because they get into an argument, she just throws the Dundee at the TV. So like her solution or her like actions in an argument is just to resort to like violence in that moment. How do you think that that might impact someone watching that kind of situation where they're seeing a relationship on a TV show that, you know, maybe they loved and they see two people who are in a relationship arguing and starting to use like violence in that situation? Um, They might think it's okay. And then after in like the closing parts of the episode, you see Jan like gluing the Dundee back together. And that might make them think kind of like, oh, well, if they fix it, kind of that will make it okay. But it really doesn't. Yeah, like the kind of half-hearted apologies after someone does something violent or does something hurtful or harmful doesn't take away like their intention and the impacts of what they had actually done in the first place. And I know a lot of people who have watched The Office absolutely love The Office. It's like one of those shows that you watch like over and over again. (laughs) And so many people hold it so fondly that like watching those different relationships I'm sure could really impact them because you love the TV show, but the things that they're showing in the relationships are not super good. Yeah. Is there anything else about Michael and Jan's relationship that you think watching their relationship might impact someone who's watching it? Um, One positive impact might be that like you kind of just have to like, it's best to get away from someone if they're not making you happy kind of. Like with Michael, like if he had never left Jan, then he would have never ended up with Holly. Like that wouldn't have been able to happen. And like um, to not let someone like also try, like not let them ruin your relationship. Like Jan did come back when Holly was there, like with her baby. And she tried to kind of like, she even told Michael, she's like, do one thing for me. Don't date Holly. Yeah, exactly. Which confused me so bad because like Jan is so obviously like, I don't want Michael. (laughs) like as a relationship but also you can't date someone who's going to obviously make you very happy but yeah that is I think a good impact of it is seeing that like you don't have to be with someone who makes you really unhappy I think one of the other good things that some of those scenes between Jan and Michael has shown is that it's important to kind of lean on friends for support or get like an outside perspective yeah because I think like it's really hard to be able to tell when, you know, some of these things are happening or when someone's not treating you well in a relationship, you know, whether it be that you are 
just you really like that person. So it's difficult to, you know, wrap your head around the fact that someone you really like and care about could treat you in a way that they shouldn't be treating you or what. But Michael, he leans very strongly on his friends and they help validate how he's feeling and they help let him know that it's not okay that Jan is treating him this way. And it is okay for him to not want to be in a relationship that is making him very unhappy. Yeah, I like how Phyllis did it. She's like, don't think, just answer. Like, how does it make you feel? Which, of course, maybe not all of your decisions should be made like that kind of a snap. But it was good for him to see like how he really felt kind of. Absolutely. And I think like if you see in the relationship between Jan and Michael, she does invalidate how he feels about a lot of things. Like she does do hurtful things and then minimizes how Michael should be feeling about it and like tells Michael he shouldn't be feeling like how he he shouldn't be upset about different things that she's doing or makes it seem like it's an inconvenience that he's upset because she did something that hurt him so phyllis being like how does this make you feel stop thinking about it kind of takes away some of that maybe invalidation that he had gotten from from jan or maybe helps him see a little bit more clearly without the well she did this but i shouldn't be upset about it kind of feelings if you're just joining in, this is Relationship Rewind on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill. I'm your host, Allie Williamson, and today we have middle school student Emily on to talk about the TV show The Office. Ryan and Kelly have such like a toxic relationship between them. They both do so many things to each other that are just absolutely awful. I think Kelly does a lot to try to keep ryan in a relationship with her and ryan does a lot because i don't really even know how to phrase what ryan does to kelly <laughs> he does, ryan so does enough to like keep her there when he wants her but then not really have her around when he wants to go do something else yeah exactly so he like mistreats her so badly by you know luring her back in even though he doesn't actually want like a relationship with her he just doesn't have anything else going on at that moment but the second something else starts going on he decides to go back and and reel kelly back in even if kelly's already in another relationship and then kelly is doing things like lying about being pregnant with his child <laughs> to make him have dinner and go out to like a fancy dinner together <laughs> so can you think of some specific scenes or some specific things that you noticed in their relationship well the one that I feel like everybody remembers is her, like, telling him he's pregnant and then her just shaking her head like, no. <laughs> I know, like, he kind of, like, when she was with Daryl and he ended up coming back after getting, like, fired, I think, from corporate. Um, and he went and he, like, did push-ups by her desk to try to, like, get her back into liking him. And then he made her break up with Daryl. Like, he even wrote out the text message for her and, like, just said, like, just send it, like... So she's like not even sure. She's like not even wanting to really break up with Daryl. But he's like, well, yeah, but I no longer work at corporate and I don't have anything else going on. So you need to break up. What do you think that that might make, you know, someone watching that feel seeing them treat each other in that way? It might make them think like that the popular people have to have like drama in their relationships. Like it has to be really dramatic to keep it interesting, kind of. That is a really good point. I think that so many TV shows and movies do that where they try to make it seem like you have to have drama and you have to have these really heated arguments and you have to have all of these things 
to have your relationship be considered passionate. There's another TV show. Have you ever seen New Girl? Oh, uh, no. There's one scene where she's dating this guy and she's super, super happy until she sees him arguing really, really loudly with his ex. And she's like, I want passion like that. I want us to have that kind of heat between us. But really, why would you want to be with someone who you can't stand being around, who you are constantly yelling at, that there needs to be constant drama. And I feel like that's really well portrayed in Kelly and Ryan's relationship. I think Kelly even says a number of times that she needs like that <laughs> level of drama in her relationships. It's, it's not probably something that you actually want. Drama and heated arguments does not equal passionate relationships. Yeah, like even in the last episode, she seems happy with her fiance and then Ryan just still comes back and ruins it all and they end up running to get away together. He even like abandons his son with her fiance. It's like that trope of um that I think you see in a lot of TV shows and movies where it's like trying to make it seem oh these these two people are destined to be together even if they're really bad for each other. Mm-hmm. Which I think sets kind of like a dangerous idea for the people watching it because if someone is that you're you know dating if you're constantly arguing you're constantly screaming at each other it's not actually you know something that you should have in your relationship you should have a relationship that's going to make you feel safe and comfortable and if you're constantly screaming at each other i don't see how you could feel safe and comfortable but having Kelly and Ryan keep coming back around in circles and always conflicting with each other and trying to make it seem like that means that it's very passionate because they have so much drama between each other. It kind of is a little bit confusing, I think. Yeah, that reminds me of like, I think one of the cold opens, it like opened with them saying like, we have an announcement, we're getting divorced. And everyone's like, wait, when did you even get married? And so they had to like go back and kind of explain it and how they like got together. But now they're already getting divorced after like, two weeks of being married. Kelly starts saying, oh, I don't know if we should get divorced now. (laughs) And Ryan was like, yeah, I don't want to be married. But they just did it for that traumatic moment together. And they said the thing, like, we don't want anybody to take sides. And then when she's already like, Ryan's like, you know what? Let's take sides. Like, They, like, create all of this drama and try to pull all of these people in to have an audience to their relationship. You had mentioned uh, Pam and gym like sometimes yeah because sometimes they are very healthy with each other they're very caring they're very supportive and they're very encouraging of one another but sometimes they are not yeah can you think of anything that you you had seen between them that that you'd like to talk about as much as I love Jim, he's my favorite character, but he can be kind of controlling. Like even in the very, very early episodes, I think it was like the fire episode when they outside playing the game. Pam, they're talking about their favorite movies, like the Desert Island movies. And Pam said like, wait, well, I kind of like Legally Blonde when they talked about it. And he said, no, just don't even say that. And then later he did a lot of things that like were half romantic and half kind of nice. And then on the other hand, were really like buying the house. Like that was nice. But Pam also maybe didn't want to live in his parents' old house. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you bring up a lot of really good points. He does have a, a lot of controlling behavior sometimes in their relationship and not letting her like pick what her favorite movies are. And then he does so many times make these giant life-altering decisions that are going to alter his life and Pam's life without consulting Pam at all. It happened more than one time. So there was the house 
the job that he had taken with his um friends to start the business that he lied to her about and yeah. kept saying that oh he doesn't know what you like that yeah no I'm not doing that um but he definitely was starting up that business so how do you think seeing that kind of let's break it down into two parts how do you think seeing like that kind of controlling behavior from Jim to Pam might make someone feel who's watching that um I think it kind of does that whole like they romanticize is like being controlling, like having there's someone control you or controlling them. Yeah. And all of these things are set in such funny scenes that you might kind of relate all of that controlling stuff to, you know, the laughter that you're having and the good time that you're having watching it. It might make it easier for you to do that to someone else, or it might make it more difficult for you to see that it's happening too to yourself. Like I'm sure in that moment when he was like, oh, Pam, no, you can't say that movie. That movie's not a movie that you're allowed to, you know, add as an answer. She probably didn't view it as controlling. In that moment, she was probably like, oh, yeah, like, no, yeah, you're right. That's completely okay that you said that. And then the second piece, making these big life-altering decisions without any input from her. Like, how do you think that that might impact someone who's watching to make all of these big decisions without Pam's help? Um, I think it kind of gives them the idea that it's okay to make or have someone make like big decisions and that it's not that they're being controlling. It's that they're like, it's so romantic and they love you and they want to make you happy. But it's also really in reality, it's super controlling. Because it is being framed as like this giant romantic gesture. You bought a house for me and she's so happy. But I think even you can see later on in that in Jim and Pam's relationship when they start having you know, arguments between each other. That's one of the things that Pam brings up is that Jim constantly makes these big decisions without asking her at all. And it makes it really hard to say no. Like he's already bought the house. She can't really say no to it. It's kind of like proposing to someone at like a concert. Like if you say no, it's just going to be awkward. You feel pressured to say yes, which I think could probably really impact a lot of people in a lot of different ways from feeling pressured to say yes to, you know, smaller things to feeling pressured to saying yes to like really big things because that's what they show as being normal. And like these big romantic gestures are something that you should, you know, have in relationships or something that you should strive to do in your relationships. But really, a lot of times it can pressure one person into something they may not even want. And it's like a night, like even the house, like it's a nice house, but it's not a great house. Like, for a romantic gesture house, it still has, like, the shag carpets and the weird clown picture that they can't get off the wall. Yeah, there's so many things that, you know, Pam has mentioned throughout the seasons of The Office that she maybe wanted to pursue. And I think one of the things um, that comes to mind is there's that one episode where she talks about what kind of house she wants. And she talks about wanting to have this terrace where she can go out and you know, paint and stuff like that. And she, I think at one point she even starts crying because she's still with Roy and she knows she stays with Roy. She's not going to get that terrace. Then she gets into a relationship with Jim and he takes that option away too by just going out and buying a house that she's, you know, not agreed to to living in. Yeah. Her art studio is like the garage, which is a nice art studio, but it's definitely a far, far away from a terrace that can, like you can paint on. It's definitely more supportive than Roy was being. And I think you can argue that Jim is 
far more supportive. Like even making the art space for her is way more supportive because she had that opportunity when she was still with Roy to go to art classes, but it would take her away on the weekend. And he's like, "Mm, no, you hang out with me and my brother on the weekends. That's what you do. But you can't do that. Yeah, Jim is definitely better than Roy. (laughs) Way more supportive and I think less controlling. There's less examples that I can think of of Jim doing controlling things than Roy, which, I mean, the controlling things that Jim does, still definitely not okay. Um, But Roy did so many things, like that decision that he made for her that she's not going to go to art classes because that would mean, like, every other like every weekend or every other weekend she wouldn't be able to hang out with him and his brother or um making all of the plans for them all of the time and not letting her have any opinions on what they were going to be doing like if she'd want to go out with everyone who's getting a drink after work he'd be like no we're gonna go home not even like you can go but I don't want to go which is reasonable like if you don't want to go you don't have to but saying that your partner is also not allowed to go because you don't want to go. Not reasonable. Yeah, like the same thing happened at the um, Dundies. Like when they were there, he wanted to leave. And she said, like, she good. Thankfully, she stood up for herself and she stayed. But she did really try to get her to leave. Like, I don't even know if she thinks she had a ride home. Just because they didn't have like an open bar or something. He's like, nope, this isn't worth my time. I'm going to leave now. Uh, and you have to leave, too, because you're my fiance. So he kind of treats her like more like property that he gets to decide like where she goes and who she spends time with than, you know, an actual fiance or an actual partner. How do you think the office would impact the people who are watching it and starting their own relationships? Um, It would give them, depending on how they were thinking about it, it would either give them a lot of things, good examples or like bad things to avoid um, and some good things to kind of try to have like, Michael and Holly's like willingness to compromise and like kind of their being themselves with each other and like the bad examples of like don't let someone kind of ruin your dreams or they could just see like a lot of bad examples and think they were good examples kind of like with Kelly and Ryan like you have to have drama in your relationship or like with Pam and Jim like the big romantic gestures it doesn't matter they kind of like limit their freedom. Such a good point because Either if you have the information to be able to think, you know, into some of the things that you're watching in the show, you might be able to recognize that some of the things that they're doing um, and some of the ways they're treating each other are not ways that we should treat each other. And you might be able to see that. But if you don't know that information to be able to look at it that way, you might look at it and see, you know, oh, I should have this kind of drama and these arguments and these big romantic gestures that without consulting my partner like I should do all those things because look how it's working out for these people so it kind of depends on how much you how much information you have going into watching it I'd like to thank Emily for coming on the show today to have this conversation in today's discussion we spoke a lot about the different relationships from the office Join us again next month where we will be continuing this conversation and breaking down another relationship in popular media. Please call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at 1-800-315-5579 for more support or more information about power and control in relationships and resources available to you. You can also listen to our live stream or subscribe to our podcast at weru.org or on the WERU smartphone app.